0: everybody, welcome to another episode of How in the Know. I am uh, this bitch that got you paying the rent, paying for, uh, what is it, this bitch got me paying for rent, paying for t- diamonds on my neck, diamond, diamonds on my neck, diamonds on the <laughs> my neck, and here I am all alone. Okay, that was terrible. Let me not, let me just cut that no, out. No, so. no,
1: no, no, we're <laughs> not cutting it out. We're leaving it in. Anyway, I'm Important. that bitch,
0: Selena. <laughs> And I'm freshly birthed, Corey. Yeah, Corey had a birthday. birthday. Fresh out the canal. Sag, life. Yeah. It's good. Winter baby. Like,
1: yeah, born mm-hmm. in the snow, except no snow. Cause no
0: snow, because it's sunny Southern, out here. Southern California. <laughs> well, it's not quite sunny out here. It's a nice, uh, tender smog. Yeah
1: smog <laughs> is the way to describe it um, uh, yeah yeah I had a really fun birthday with, I was there yes I was there
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was so nice it was so wholesome and
0: uh, yeah yes and oh
1: it ended at the strip club did
0: you get to see my crush for chance no no
1: oh, no. no um they didn't they were on the list and then they'd never showed
0: up Oh, well, so. they were probably just smoking in the back, zoning <laughs> out on their phone, because that sounds about typical. That's, that's valid. That's valid.
1: But the <laughs> club was so nice, and every was so nice.
0: Yay! Yeah, it was good. It good. was good. good. So, um, yeah. And, and uh, we're here, joined by the lovely Martana Luna. Yes. Hello, Luna. Hi. 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 Every episode, we begin with a segment we call historical hoes. And this week's historical hoe is Nina Hartley. I'm honestly surprised we have not already done Nina Hartley. She was one of the first hoes whose name I knew. The first hoe I might have known. Anyway, Nina Hartley was born Mary, Marie? Marie, pardon me. Marie Louise Hartman. In March 1959 in Berkeley, California, she was the child of a Lutheran father and a Jewish mother whose family was from Alabama. She grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, the youngest of four children with an older sister and two older brothers. Her parents were members of the Communist Party, USA, and converted to Buddhism when she was very young. As a result, Her father was blacklisted in 1957. After graduating from Berkeley High School in 1977, she attended San Francisco State University's undergraduate nursing school. In 1982, during her sophomore year of nursing school, she started working as a stripper at the Sutter Cinema and later the Mitchell Brothers O'Farrell Theater, also doing photo spreads for Hustler and High Society. She made her foray into the world of pornographic movies during her junior year in 1984. She was inspired to do porn after seeing the autobiographic auto, after seeing the autobiography of a flea alone at a theater in San Francisco. Her debut performance was in the film Educating Nina, making her a protege of Juliet Anderson. She graduated magna cum laude from nursing school in 1985. she was a registered nurse per the california board of registered nursing until her license expired in 1986. in the 1980s and early 1990s she starred in several of the Debbie Does film series spin-offs, such as Debbie Does Dishes and Debbie Does Wall Street. In 1992, the year I was born, guys, she directed her first movie, Nina Hartley's Book of Love. For many years, she also toured the United States and Canada as a stripper and made personal appearances at adult sex shops, adult shops. In 1994, she began her line of instructional videos that are marketed under the Nina Hartley Guide brand. A longtime board member of the Wood Hole Freedom Foundation, Hartley considers herself a liberal and outspoken sex-positive feminist. Although for a time she was a socialist activist, Hartley has been an advocate for the adult film industry's right to exist. Before the rise to stardom of Jenna Jameson, she had often been called on she had often been called on when television news programs and talk shows required an articulate, leading adult film actress to support the pro side. The two came under hard scrutiny from the mostly female audience, but they refused to back down and were outspoken in their support of the industry. Ona Z and she spoke out strongly against illegal drugs in the industry. She was interviewed by Eric Schlosser for his book, Reefer Madness, Sex, Drugs, and Cheap Labor in the American Black Market, in which she was critical of the hypocrisy of anti-pornography legislation and actions. Hartley had a role in the 1997 film, Boogie Nights, playing William H. Macy's character's serially unfaithful wife. And she appeared in the 1996 Canadian film, her film, Bubbles Galore. Hartley also appeared in the late rapper Tupac Shakur's music video for his 1996 single, How Do You Want It? In 2006, she published her book, Nina Hartley's Guide to to Total Sex. Nina Hartley's Guide to Total Sex. She later co-authored the book series, How To Be Kinkier, beginning in 2012. Hartley played the part of Hillary Clinton in this film, Who's Nailin Palin? This was a pornographic parody of the then-vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin, with Lisa Ann in the role of Palin. Hartley was also featured in the 2012 documentary After Porn Ends, which is about life after being a porn actor. She appeared in the Amazon Award-winning 2016 documentary Sticky, A Self-Love Story, in which she discusses her sex-positive views on self-love with regards to education, the forced resignation of Jocelyn Elders, and her opinions on the black bawling of comedian Paul Rubens after his arrest for masturbating in a public theater. Hartley attended a Las Vegas premiere of the documentary at the erotic Heritage Museum on May 26, 2016, in which she sat on a Q&A panel with the writer-producer-director Nicholas Tanna and adult film actress Ginger Lytton. As of 2021, Hartley has remained active in the industry, appearing primarily in mature-themed pornography. Mature meaning milf or guilt. She has lectured in several universities such as Harvard, Berkeley, Dartmouth, and the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse in addition to writing, co-authoring, and having chapters in a variety of books. She has also won several AVN, XRCO, and other awards. In her private life, Hartley is openly bisexual. Um, and uh, yeah, she's just living life, having a great time, she's being amazing, and I'm just really happy she exists. And that is the life of Nina Hartley, this week's historical hope. Thank you so much for inviting
1: me. Thank you so much.
0: Also, we're joined by uh, Luna's menagerie. Uh, There's a couple pups yes um hello <laughs> to the pups Shout out to them.
1: i actually just had to change my room they were uh one of them started like screaming i was like oh no 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 please <laughs> i know This is not the crazy. right time you so know, now i'm in my room out. yeah um so i know you via the internet i <laughs> i think somebody like posted one of your pictures and i was like oh my god the aesthetic the hair, the makeup, the just vibes—like, mm-hmm. are you talking out- about me? Yes, you. Oh, thank you. Oh gosh, I don't know why I thought you were talking to your uh, your your co-host there. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh
0: no, no, I I just <laughs> oh am, thank you, you know, part of the the background at this point. <laughs> no, no,
1: I'm weak. Yes. No, no, thank you so much. I appreciate it. So cool. Like, I saw your journey of getting your tongue split and Ooh. I want to talk about that real quick
0: yes yes yeah, that was, the, was
1: super fun
0: yeah what oh. was
1: that process like Tell <sighs> us about what was
0: the pain level yes what was the recovery time um,
1: well, recovery time is a week I got to okay. take my stitches out after like four days um but I would say uh, the pain scale is difficult just because for the actual like splitting process um I was numbed um, and he's actually like my favorite body mods artist, like ever. He's super great, super clean, super professional, and he's really nice. His girlfriend's also really nice. She like held my hand the second time around because it sometimes you have to get it resplit uh, mm-hmm. to like you know keep maintenance on it. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe when the numbing stuff wore off, it was I'd say it was like a five, maybe on a mm-hmm. one to ten. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of pain. It wasn't so bad. But it was kind of a different, it was a different kind of pain. You know how like a pain, but like a piercing is kind of like a shocking kind of pain where you're just like, oh my God, you know, and like I had my nipples pierced and it was one of the worst things I've ever had done, like at all. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was just, it was incredibly painful for like days and days and days, but with my tongue piercing, it was just a different kind of pain. It was like a heavy swollen kind of, ugh, kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't so bad. Hmm. Yeah. Were you on a fully liquid diet or were you able to, like, eat food? Yeah, your face right um, now. I was able to eat foods after I took my stitches out. But that's just me personally because I didn't want to... One, I didn't want to bust my stitches. I busted a stitch the uh, second time I had my tongue split and so uncomfortable. Oh, my gosh. Um. Mm. But I, I had... What did I even eat? I think I ate grits ooh. with like no cheese, no milk. Like no, oh. you cannot. There's no dairy mm. in that shit. Like you. Oh, excuse me, I didn't mean to curse. There's no dairy. Oh no, in that no, yeah. I mean, this is Okay, like good. Podcast, yeah, we so. talked about right. <laughs> but like yeah it's uh i had like grits and i think i made like ice smoothies or whatever like it was uh but the ice was just to keep the swelling down i think the second time around with just the uh split i ate like an entire box of popsicles but Mm -hmm. it was
0: okay (laughs) sounds appropriate Uh,
1: yeah yeah so you're heavily modded um what has that or have you always been before you got into the industry were you modded or Um, did you start going on that journey afterwards um no I think I have okay so just heavier within recent years um but I would say yes because I wasn't allowed to get tattoos and piercings and stuff until I turned 18 per my parents warning Mm -hmm. um so I wasn't able to get anything done so when I turned 18 um I was just pretty much like I was still in cosmetology schools, like right out of high school. Um, I was getting tattoos, piercings, whatever, whatever. But my first audition that I ever had at a strip club was when I was 18. Um, But it was within the city of Atlanta's um, 21 and up perimeter kind of thing so Mm. i wasn't allowed to dance there obviously because i wasn't 21 and i was like but um it was the first time i went so but i knew that i wanted to be in adult entertainment before i even left the womb probably but before i even left high school like i already knew
0: yeah i feel like some people are just chosen yeah yeah
1: i actually do too that's actually a really good thing to say because there's so much in this industry i genuinely feel like you have you you have to be built for this. Like, mm-hmm. of course, you can jump in, you can try it, you know, you can dip your feet in the water. But like, please know you're out. Like, please, please know your out points because it is it is not for everyone. And when a really bad experience happens, they're they're you know they're inevitable sometimes. But when mm-hmm. a really bad experience happens, it can really deeply affect you. It can mess you up. So that's with yeah. anything though, but. Yeah. especially with something like pertaining to your body or you know your safety yeah and there's not necessarily like like legal protections or no. um a lot of resources for it like you know if you have like a normie job like you know you have hr usually mm-hmm. and even though hr isn't always great it's there you know but mm-hmm. if you're working at a strip club there's
0: <laughs> there's just like a tacit acceptance that you will be sexually assaulted and you'll have to get over it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the great thing about the club that I currently work at though, and I loved this, cause when I was filling out like the application and all the paperwork and stuff, um, they actually have the name, like on the paper of an attorney that like if you have been, you know, sexually assaulted, somebody at this club sexually assaults you, like whether they're on the clock or whatever, whatever, we have an attorney for y'all. So That's I was amazing. like, huh, fantastic. Because whoa baby, at the other club I worked at, I got somebody kicked out actually. Um it was on a Saturday and he came in and I guess I don't have to get into that story now. If you want me to talk about it, I definitely I mean, will if but you
0: want to go there yeah. honestly. Like I'm here for it. it. It
1: was just, it was a normal day. It was just like a regular day. It's not like I was having like a horrible day or anything like leading up to this, you know, it was just regular. It was a bit slow though, but I was, so I was like, oh, I wish somebody would, you know, I need somebody to come in here and give me some, give me a bag. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately the person that came in, I had an issue with this customer before. Now he does tip well. He does not tip well for what he wants you to do though, Yeah. which is why I never get very far with him because eventually he wants it all. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a couple of girls. That's one thing that everybody needs to know too. If getting into this industry, it is inescapable. You are going to meet somebody at that club that is doing more than you. Um, and that's cool. You know, obviously full service, I respect, have the utmost respect because I couldn't do it. I have, I'm not built for that. But I just feel like it's the wrong place kind of situation. Like, because it allows people to come in and they think, you know, oh, well, they're going to do it too. Because, you know, they mm-hmm. do it and another girl did it. And, you I know, mean, it's yeah, just course, always stick I think... to your boundaries.
0: I, I mm-hmm. definitely think it's important to stick to your boundaries. But I will also say that, like, I don't think that most customers will go for somebody who's not their type for full service necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like even if like, you know, there is somebody who's like willing to go, you know, hundred percent there, do whatever they want. Even like some girls who like do anal in the club and all that, like shout out to them. But yeah. like, you know, if this person, dancer is not their type physically emotionally like whatever like it's kind of in my experience I found that it's pretty rare that they will actually go for that person like there's a lot more of like the personal element in like who people are willing to do sexual sexual stuff with um
1: oh yeah for sure but like people I feel like a lot of it and I'm sorry I hope I didn't just like cut you off my bad no you're good you're good okay but like a lot of especially it also depends on like what area you're in and all that kind of stuff because keep in mind i live in atlanta and this area is not good um not just atlanta in general just the area where the other club was um it was like off metropolitan it was not a good area at all um so you know the clientele that we attract they're not and best people you know they have money that's great we love that for them party um but they come in with the mindset that yes i'm going to come in here and i'm going to be able to fuck somebody for cheap or i'm going to be able to you know hassle some girl down to get her to like you know do something that's beyond her limits because i have this money and she's going to do it for this money depending on where you are you know I just feel like you should always take that into consideration. Like depending on where you come from, what your boundaries mm-hmm. are and where you're going to be working, you have to be prepared. Yeah. And I can tell you one thing I was not because my understanding you know, of strip clubs is that it's not a full service place. You go to a strip club to be entertained, hosted and danced. You don't go there, it's not, you know, it's not a brothel or you know, a, a, a place of you know, full service work. And I am an escort. I don't do full service because like I said, I'm just kind of not built for that. Shout out to all my full service girls because, oh my gosh, you guys are the greatest of all time. Holy shit, don't know how you do it. But I, you know, still have to deal with that. And people will still, like whether you're their type or whether you want to or not, they will try try to force you. So I guess I was this guy's type, you know, that's cool. And they still would try me, and every time I would be like, no, you know, no, 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 I don't want to do that, I don't want to do that. I feel
0: like it's an additional pressure, too, with, like, Black femmes. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like, I feel like Uh, there's this assumption that Black femmes will do full service. And that if I can't get it
1: from this white girl, whatever, you know, I can can definitely get it from this Black girl. I can definitely get it from this Black girl. And I can definitely
0: price her down. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. And, like, and that's, that's, but... A lot of the issue I think was going on within that club was the enabling, you know, the, some of the dancers in there, it wasn't all of them, you know? And like I said, I really just genuinely want to make it clear. I have no issue with full service. It's just, I feel like it was more girls that were doing it that weren't doing it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you never really knew exactly who it was. You just know it was fucking vast majority of them. But I knew like four of them by name that talked about it all the time. They were just like, yeah, I went back there. I sucked his dick. He gave me like $500, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. But they're allowing, you know, they're still allowing customers to come in and expect that kind of service. And, you know, with me not wanting to do that, I just, I would always meet people that wanted to do that. I'm like, no. And then they'll go to them and, you know, they'll make their money and that's great. I love for them to do that, but it's just like, I feel like it kind of messes up the environment a little bit. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just, I feel like there's a time and a place for that kind of thing. If you, if you, I feel like you should go like meet a, you know, a house mom or like a, a uh, I keep forgetting what they're called. Oh my Madame? gosh. Yes. Thank you. A madam, you know, you should, you know, do that or make it a website and, You know, offer yourself, because I also feel like you can charge more. If you do it, like, outside of a club where people are coming in specifically looking for some cheap shit, you absolutely should make a website.
0: I feel like it's kind of like, there are some clubs, like, it sounds like this club kind of leans toward being, like, a low-key brothel. And, like, I think that that's cool that there are, like, strip clubs that exist that are, like, low-key brothels, because, like, there's security in place, there's, like, payment methods in place, there's, like... There's bouncers, bouncers who who are there to like shake down people who are not actually paying mm-hmm. and like you're in a space that is like full of other dancers who are there who are like also there to like, you know, you can talk to them afterwards and you can share prices, you can like talk shop and you can like vent about people yeah. like that community aspect is so important whenever you're trying to like escort Um, And I think that having that in um, the United States, because we don't have, like, a decriminalized sex work system, I think it's really important to, like, maintain strip clubs that are actually, like, low-key brothels, but... And I also yeah. think that like not every every area has a brothel. Yeah, you know, like and
1: really only I think it's only in Las Vegas that it's legal to have a brothel. Yeah, it's
0: really just there. So if
1: you're in Atlanta, if you're in LA, if you're in New York, and like you want that kind of service, like you might have to go through less than you know um, uh, legitimate uh, uh, um, roads to get mm-hmm. what you want you know, so providing a space, like, and, uh, like, I do understand what you mean, yeah. that, like, it's setting up the president, that, like, everybody in the club is going to be doing that, and I mean, like, I guess that's, if you have the privilege of, like, moving clubs, yeah. then, like, that is what, you know.
0: Yeah, you know, I, definitely I know. think it's, like, a moving club situation, if you have that privilege. If you don't have that privilege, then it's, like, you know. What do you do? What do you do? You know? I, yeah,
1: I. And I definitely understand that because I was stuck there for quite a while. Like I couldn't move clubs. I I did not always have that privilege and I'm grateful for the out that I was given by a friend, which is the only reason I got into that other club because I had somebody on the inside working with me. Yeah. Um, but like I, it was just, I guess it's difficult kind of like to explain. I'm definitely not, I'm not trying to, I don't want it to sound like I'm like shitting on people that do that. I'm, I'm really not. It's just like, it just, it opens a door for a lot of awful things to happen in there. Mm-hmm. And they're not, like you said, it depends on, you know, where you're from or whatever. Because um, that club will absolutely, the club that I was working at before, where all of this was taking place, which is what I'm referencing in general, my friend got raped there. I had a friend that danced there, she got raped in VIP Mm -hmm. and she's not, she never has been full service. You know, she doesn't, she's not interested in it and she got raped in VIP. Mm -hmm. She tried to get the police involved. She tried to do everything correctly. She tried to take the legal steps, but the club didn't want to be held liable. And they actually wouldn't, they didn't fire her like outright, but Mm -hmm. none of the house moms wanted her to work on their shift. Um, you know, the manager barely even spoke to her like he didn't want anything to do with her. And she literally, you know, was raped, but beyond her, like she didn't want to. Right. And I feel like it's not, adver- you know, obviously, they can't advertise it as a brothel. It is decriminalized here in Georgia and Atlanta. But it is really? still, like, really? you can still get fine. It is. But you can still get, like, fined
0: and is stuff. You can still... Is it officially or is it, like, Legally? they're not, like, pro? It, the prosecution's office has said that they're not going to prosecute?
1: Pretty much. Like, it's not, like, a whole thing written in stone or anything, but yeah. nobody Just because,
0: actually like, cares. There's, like, a similar thing that's, like, happening in, in uh, California where, like, the state prosecution office technically says that they're not prosecuting but they actually do still bring up prosecution cases. Um, mm. Like there's still like people who are getting locked up for prostitution charges and they're about to like do major sweeps because of um, the Super Bowl that's coming up. Um, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So everybody, uh, if you're a full service sex worker in the Los Angeles area slash California generally, there are always major prostitution sweeps that happen around the Super Bowl or around major events like the Olympics and stuff like that. So if you work at, like, a massage parlor or if you work at strip clubs, just beware, especially during this period of undercover cops who are coming through and doing uh, sweeps, they're doing raids, they're going to be really cracking down. Also, they're going to be um, pushing even harder on the sit-and-lie laws. Um, If you don't know what those are, those are, like, the laws that essentially stop—they're meant to crack down on homelessness, essentially. They're, like— you can get ticketed for lying down in public or sitting in certain places in public. It's all of the anti-homeless or, um, you know, legislation. So, um, cops are going to be doing that, especially, uh, this month into January. So just letting everybody know.
1: Good to know. Good Good to know. Yeah, that yeah. is good to know. Yeah. But I had, it's, oh no, I forgot what I was talking. Oh yeah. It's, um, it, it it's just, they didn't want, you know, the club, they didn't want to be held liable.
0: Yeah. Like I said, that's
1: why at the new club, it's great because they had an attorney in place. They named right. him on the paper. But at yeah. that club, you know, like I was saying, obviously you can't advertise it as like, hey, you know, they get wild in here. But right. like, you know, they, this is not, it's not a place where it's known that it's a, it's a brothel. I, I know, mean it's probably
0: not... they're probably like there's all of those message boards online that like mm. that um, Maybe that that vote and or they like rate all of the strippers and say like how far they're willing to go and like mm-hmm. which clubs you can oh. get extras from so I would not be surprised if like that club had been marked for that and the other thing with the you know what's not? Club, what? Mm-hmm. is like probably like probably that came about because some strippers sued over being sexually assaulted like mm. it's pretty rare for these clubs to, like actually have any of this shit in place like because mm. they care right a lot of times it comes from strippers like bringing on legal cases and forcing clubs to do the right thing so you know it's, it's really yeah. a fucking rough shitty system and i'm you know i know i imagine that the stripper who did that probably got like iced out and like all that shit. Mm-hmm. but um shout out to all of the strippers who are taking um you know who are bringing forward cases, especially civil cases, because criminal cases are a lot harder to prosecute. Yeah. Um, And are not being quiet about. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of money in cases against strip clubs. I I don't say this enough, but it's really important. You can also get your jobs back for hostile work environments. Like if you um, are able to demonstrate that in any way, if you feel like you might have a case, just document things. And it doesn't have to just be like, Direct, you know, text messages and screenshots. You can literally just take notes uh, of your day-to-day workplace experiences. Just be like, you know, December fourth, twenty twenty-one. Um, my manager forced me to hug him. I had to pay twenty dollars to the to my manager and ten dollars to the DJ and for, you know twenty dollars to the bouncers and twenty dollars to the uh, bartender. Whatever I had to pay all of these fees because that shit is illegal, you guys. You should know that it's illegal. Um, That's actually wage theft. So if you just start taking notes about these things, you're able to, like, build a case, and actually you can, like, have... There's, like, a ton of attorneys that are looking to, like, civilly represent you in cases like this, and you can actually get money back for stolen wages. So just wanted you guys to know that there are ways to do these things. I should actually do, like, a whole episode about (laughs) what uh, leverage you have as far as, like... Working against hostile work environments, unsafe health conditions, uh, coercion and exploitation, and also discrimination. Because there's like, there's a department for all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so <laughs> continuing, my bad, <laughs> sorry for a little it's tangent. Okay. to know, No, you know, especially strippers. No, you're good. Because, I mean, we're in like one of the few legally recognized professions. And so you can be kind of above board and work with certain agencies to like to assert the rights that you should have Mm -hmm. that you do have yeah um so
1: you said that you um escort as well um i know you recently got a website um what has that um experience been like i know you um alluded to the fact that like you feel pressured sometimes in those with those clients as Mm -hmm. well to be full service um
0: yeah. How have you been able to assert your boundaries and um, what does an escorting session look like if it doesn't involve for full service for you?
1: Um, I guess like how I avoid it is mostly like screening, making it blatantly clear, you know, what I do and what I don't do. You have to send over, you know, like the right paperwork and stuff just in case. I Mm -hmm. do have to sue somebody for, you know, assault or rape or something like that. But, you know, when it comes down to it, I just feel like your personal safety kind of like, oh my goodness. (gasps) Ah, great point. My mistress actually yesterday, she was telling me, um, she knows how to like, she now knows how to insert like a female condom and stuff just in case, just in case. I feel like everything needs to be put in place just in case, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Anything would have happened. Just better safe than sorry type situation, um, because you know it can't happen and it's out of our control. It's not like we're able to, you know. So variables, yeah. With the screening and stuff, I always make sure I have the ID, name, all that stuff of the person I'm going to go see. I have four different people who I send my location to at all times. Like if I'm going out on a date for companionship, pro sub, whatever it is. If I'm going out of town for um a private event like somebody wants to take me to boston soon for like new years and stuff i'm going out of town i'm sending five actually now because i asked one of my other friends i have uh five different people i send my location to i send them red flags everything like that like if this 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 and this don't happen mm-hmm. it's problem.
0: Right? yeah do you get depo- so, or do you um like a deposit or have them send deposits first i do
1: I do take a deposit at time of booking, uh, before service. So yes, yes. but I, to, for it to look like for what it looks like for me, um, and on my fansly and all that stuff is where I post like the stuff that I actually film from my sessions, like either with my goddess or Papa's or whoever I'm with. Um, if they do allow me to like take pictures or film, it goes on my fansly and they're for sale. Um, but I mostly deal in like sensual BDSM and like eroticism and sensuality. Um, it doesn't require, you know, full on sex. It's there to kind of like, I guess it kind of can be similar to what a strip club is really, I guess, you know, supposed to, uh, like, I guess be by definition or whatever, not, uh, I guess like what some of them are, but. You know i guess what it's technically supposed to be is when you know you're just there to get the a feel for what's going on yes yeah, for the entertainment um kind of like how fetish parties go yeah um, or like a similar situation like that like you're not having i mean some people do doing you know <laughs> party mm-hmm. but you know you don't have to have like full-on sex it's more of just a experience it's also a learning experience for a lot of people especially getting into new kinks new fascinations and things Um, And I love educating people. I actually want to get into adult sexual education later in life. Uh, It's one of, like, my big goals because I feel like a lot of people get the lines blurred between, like, abuse and, like, actual BDSM. And I would love Mm -hmm. to teach the uh, difference between that, especially coming from a sub's point of view. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. That's That's so important. So important. Like, I feel like, like, and I mean, I don't know why, but, like, a lot of the narratives that come out of, like, BDSM, a lot of the people that, like are getting interviews are getting, you know, mainstream sort of notice are like, you know, doms and like that's negating yeah. a whole experience that like submissives have that pro subs have. Like, yeah. I think yeah. that's important too.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's just so much, um, I mean, mapping that subs do like you just don't, I don't know. I feel like the subs like, have the experience more like they're the the ones dictating where things go where the limits are much more like you know it's all around their bodies and pleasure and in levels of enjoyment i don't know like it just it doesn't make sense that doms would be
1: yeah the ones talking about it like and also like for sure because when you're like a sub or like when you're submissive, a lot of people tend to just think that that's just how you are as a person in general, when mm-hmm. that is absolutely not the case. Like they think they can just easily, especially, you know, fake doms, they think they can just take advantage of you. And if you don't do what you're being told, they'll, you know, yeah. be like, well, you're not doing whatever the fuck. And so it's like, no, 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 I'm very dominant. Actually my personality, I'm a very dominant person just in like my day to day life, especially like in my business life and my work and my career. I'm not one to be fucked with, but in a sexual setting, yes, I'm absolutely going to wait on you hand and foot. That doesn't mean I won't beat your ass. That doesn't mean I won't (laughs) keep in your shins and steal your money and leave if you try to hurt me. Like I'm still going to do that. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. So what kind of um, kinks do you offer? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, what are you specialized in? What do you participate in? Yeah. So I really, really like... um, just different forms of spanking. I don't really like whips and like switches or anything like that. I do love a good paddle. I also like bare hand spanking, like just firm hand spanking. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also like leather materials such as like belts, but I don't like whips. I don't like switches, anything like long and thin, Mm -hmm. not for Mm -hmm. me. Um, but I also do like hot wax. I like weight play. Um, like with either hot stones, just regular stones, weighted blankets, physical body crushing. I love that stuff. Like when people just sit on me and like lay on top of me, I like breath play a little bit or like, um, restraining me from breathing. I really like, uh, like panty stuffing and stuff like that. I like shibari. I like, um, Let's see what else I get into. I get into quite a bit of stuff. <laughs> I like uh, sensory play as well. I really like uh, like blindfolds being flipped upside down, kind of like you know tickling or you know whatever sensation you're trying to cause on my body. I like doing that a lot, and I really like doing it blindfolded. It's very fun. Uh, one of my goddesses uh, she put me on a inversion table, so I was flipped upside down. I had a blindfold mm-hmm. on. And she just kept doing these like little feather light touches like everywhere. And I was like, oh, my
0: God. <gasps> <gasps> it was just, it was so fun. It
1: was, it was just yeah. really nice. So do you have um, personal dominance as well as, and you have clients obviously mm-hmm. as well, but do you have personal dominance and how do, do have- you, yeah, personal dominance, like, you know, like relational doms. Yeah. Your oh own. I thought you meant do I have do I personally have dominance? I was like, I mean
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, no. So my goddess Coco, she is a personal dom of mine. She's great. I love her to death. It would do anything for her. I actually get to see her on Wednesday. We're making some content and I'm going to be treating her to lunch and I'm excited. Um, but we make a lot of content. I have another friend um, who I will be making content with soon or at least helping her out with stuff. I'm actually teaching her how to tie ropes and stuff. Um, and eventually she will be tying me up as well because she wants to be able to do it. And I'm like, oh my God, yes. I want her to like kick me in my throat anyway. So I'm like, yes, please tie me up. So <laughs> yeah, she yeah. wants me to do that as well. She's just getting into it though. She's like more so discovering or like finding out her dom side, what she likes to do. Um, so I do consider her a, uh, personal dom as well. I had two more. Um, one of them I did end things with, um, because I just, you know, we weren't communicating well and communication is the biggest part of like everything in the entire world to me. Um, so, you know, I just decided to end things and another one I have who is currently in Florida. I have not seen him since the pandemic, but we have been talking on the phone, but yeah, I have not been able to get with him. And I, I, I think... My experience is that, like, when you have a personal dominant and, like, you are doing sex work or doing um, pro-sub work, like, there might be a tension between, you know, oh, you're serving this other person. It does that. Has it ever happened for you? You know, how have you communicated? No. No, definitely not. I, I mean, because it's, it's, it's for work. It's my job. I feel like if it's not understood or if it isn't communicated properly that, you know, we're both in agreement with it, then personally, just on my end, I would have to end things. I can understand jealousy from even an outside standpoint, but it's just what I do for a living. It doesn't have to be anything personal because, you know, I mean, these are clients and it's personal to me just in general because it's personal in the time but it's not like I'm going to them back and forth specifically because I am seeking them out. They are seeking me out. Mm -hmm. And I would have a personal Dom because I'm seeking them out. I want them to have, you know, that with me. I feel like it's just more of a personal relationship with a personal Dom than versus with a Dom client, you know? Mm -hmm. So if it did come down to it, honestly, and somebody had, you know, an issue with it, then that's fine you know, we'll just have to either try and make it work. And if it doesn't work, then unfortunately I will have to, uh, sever the tie or they can sever it themselves. (laughs) Yeah. So you talked a little bit about fake doms, which I hate fake doms. Like Mm -hmm. as a dominant, I think it, it, like, it ruins it. (laughs) It ruins it because then people like have really bad experiences and maybe you're not opening themselves up to experience everything that they possibly can, can experience. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it, it's just so frustrating to give us a bad name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I can completely agree because honestly, I feel like people when they come coming with, um, you know, like fake dominance or whatever, they create an environment where it's, like I said, it's abuse over, over anything really, because some people don't know, boundaries they don't know how they work especially coming from a dominant standpoint because when you are dominant you are supreme you are that bitch like you are that girl or whoever you know like you own the moment you own the situation you own the person pretty much so like when it comes to fake doms you know a sub like me in encountering a fake dom obviously i'd be able to tell but you know from an unexperienced sub They could be coming from, you know, a submissive standpoint and just be like, oh, you know, I'm not really comfortable with that. And then the fake Dom not thinking, you know, oh, okay, well, it works on communication. You know, sometimes you do have to compromise. Sometimes you have to make yourself comfortable with something or not make them. But, you know, you have to talk to them, talk them down. I had one session. I had one session with my goddess Coco and my papa, um, whose name I will leave out because he doesn't even like to be filmed and stuff. But I had a session with both of them. Cause I also do couples. Um, but I had a session with them and my goddess Coco, she's very sadistic. Um, and she really likes, you know, she likes messing with you. Like I didn't think she was actually going to hurt me, but in a minute there I was panicking because I, one of my hard limits is electrocution and anything like that. Um, so, you know, she pulled out this little zappy thing and I'm hearing it. And I'm like, no, it's electric. I don't want it. No, no, no. So, you know, I got scared. I, I know she doesn't know this, but I know this. I genuinely felt like I was going to cry. I got very, I got very scared, you know? So my Papa came over and he was just like, you know, do you want to do this? If you're not okay with that, that's okay. We can move on, we can do something else. And I calmed down quite a bit and I actually did end up trying it. And it was actually kind of interesting. I didn't like it in the end, but I'm glad that I did give it a shot. Cause at first I was like, okay, that kind of tickles. And then after it got a little rough. So I was like, mm-hmm, I don't like that. But, um you know, and, you know, them not coming from that background or not having that knowledge of communication, you know, they'll be like, well, if you're not going to do what I said, then, you know, they'll say something rude or or
0: something for having. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And And I don't like that at all. Yeah. No, like, yeah. Uh, so how, how, what is the process for you to like communicate your limits with clients like do you have a separate conversation with them do you you have have like a yes (laughs) or do you say I only do these things and Mm -hmm. that that's it so actually written on my website like I said I don't have a lot of hard limits I just have a few so you know it's not like I'm going to be like we can't do this and we can't do that and we can't do this and if you know somebody is like that that's cool too always say it but for me I just like to say I do this and that And if they ask me, oh, do you do this and this? I'll say, no, I don't, but I do allow this. Like when it comes to conversational skills or just any kind of like communication, I feel like I bounce off a lot of like other people because I'm trying to see where their mindset is. I already know where mine is, but I want to make sure when I get there, everything is like I blatantly said. So if they ask me a question, I'm going to answer it thoroughly. And in detail, like not going to kill the fantasy for anybody, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to be like, um, like sometimes I allow people to like use vibrators or whatever. That's fine. I just don't allow any kind of penetrative Mm -hmm. sexual act, um, for either party. So like, you know, if they're just like, oh, well, if I, you know, can I touch myself? Cool. That's fine. Okay. Can I like come on you? No, 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 no. No, we're not doing all that. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like you just, with when it comes to that kind of thing, I answer the questions in the moment sometimes, but there's other times where people straight up will just ask me while we're during, before the booking or whatever, and I will answer them. I have no issue. I'm mm-hmm. embarrassed of nothing. I will tell them everything. Mm. So do you bring your own arsenal of toys? I always feel like it's very like, it's fun as a dominant to like bring a little suitcase, like pop <laughs> it open, and be like, "Choose, choose your implement, choose your implement." <laughs> you know, I love and that. What does that look like for you on the opposite end? Do you bring your own toy? Or I, I assume you probably do since you are. The so the actually, 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 since I don't do like anything penetrative or really that's going to like go inside of me or mess with too much other than like sweat or whatever coming from me. Um, I don't really have a ton of things in my, at my home, at my disposal. Usually I do rely on the dominant that, that I am coming to, you know, whatever. I do plan on renting a space soon so I can make my own little sub layer for myself. And then I'll, you know be telling them come to this location we'll do it here and i would like to build my collection but believe it or not i'm very very recently getting into this i knew that i've wanted to do this since i was like young and i started like online sex work when i was like 18. but i'm just really getting into this this year doesn't mean that i haven't always had a plan and i already knew about all this stuff because i've been researching it for years mm-hmm. but um I don't have a big collection myself. And actually a lot of the uh, times that I have had any kind of session, I have used the Dom's personal arsenal of things. I have a whole Mm -hmm. closet. (laughs) One day I'll have a whole closet too.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Goals. (laughs) Oh, um, so I wanted to kind of go back to, um, I wanted to talk about like sexual assault in the club um, because you mentioned that you have been assaulted um, and that there's just like some useful things to know as a dancer going into this, to the situation and like how to protect yourself, how to advocate for yourself, things to look out for, um, or, and also just like, I guess, you know, on the other side, like ways to comfort yourself for like, you know, strategies for coping because not that anybody should, uh, acclimate themselves to being assaulted, But I think it's also, like, it is something that happens. And Mm -hmm. I think it can be useful for people to, like, think about coping strategies or to just have, like, an idea. Um, Could you talk maybe about your experiences and, I don't know, how it affected you, what you learned, how you moved forward and how you um, protect yourself?
1: Sure. So a lot of it, um, was really self-talk I've been sexually assaulted. I think, I mean, a number of times, but honestly, the most times I took it seriously was like three times. Oh, Mm -hmm. and i just remembered, I didn't finish the story from earlier, but since we are jumping back into it, I'll continue off that Saturday when I got somebody kicked out of the club, this man came in with a condom on, like he came in, he had a condom on, like in his Mm -hmm. pants. And so, you know, we went up there. We start dancing. You know, he's getting, uh, hard or whatever. So we start
0: well, I'm also dancing. A, the mystery of how a condom stays on a soft email. <laughs> is something we can nancy drew later on yeah yeah yeah. right because
1: i mean i'm sitting here just about surprised as y'all are but
0: honestly i'm turning at least
1: at least i'm assuming he did because i didn't see him put it on but when i turned around he definitely had one on so and i had turned around to face him i turned around backwards i turned around sideways i never saw this man put a condom on i think he came in with it on i could be Mm -hmm. tripping but
0: I'm no, sorry. I mean, That's just not what my eyes say. I yeah. definitely have clients who like have done that. So
1: yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah.
0: yeah. But okay. yeah, he'll,
1: uh, sorry. He, he came in, you know, with it on or whatever. And so I'm like, Hey, could you, could you put that up? Cause just me personally, I don't like when people pull out their, you know, stuff with or without a yeah, condom, yeah. it's just not my speed. So, yeah. you know, he was just like telling me about how he had a, you know, he used to have a dancer that would like, Fuck him right there. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm not that dancer.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So
1: I hate to break that to you, but can you not do that? He was just like, okay. So then I turn, you know, he turns me back around. It's just like, fine, whatever. And I'm like, okay. So I'm starting to dance or whatever. And I'm not feeling it so much. I'm assuming I'm not feeling it because he maybe just got soft from me being like, could you fucking not? Yeah, Yeah. Um, But then, you know, while I'm dancing again, I feel it again. And this time he physically is like grabbing my waist. And he is trying to pull me onto him. And I'm just like, stop, literally stop. And it gets like the tip in a little bit. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And really? so now before this, because I had an issue with this client before. And this time I was like, if he pulls this shit, I'm getting him kicked out. I don't care what yeah. the circumstances are. So I had already told my manager, hey, watch the cameras. I had an issue with this man. And I'm I'm if he does it again, I need him to get out of here. He does yeah. well, but it is not worth it. And, yeah. you know, they told us to do that. They told us, if you ever have an issue with somebody, report it, and I did. Um, and he did end up getting kicked out. My manager did see on the cameras, you know, he's trying to like force me and I'm turning around, I'm telling him to, you know, not do that. I'm trying not to make a scene. I'm just mm-hmm. like, stop, you know, stop. Yeah. So yeah. he comes out and he kicks him out he tells him to grab his shit and let's go. He spilled his drink on my phone. <sighs> uh. So I was like, wow, but you know, it was fine. But it was just like, ugh, come on dog, get yourself together. And so you know he got kicked out. But the thing to me is, is my manager started acting super weird to me afterwards. It was kind of similar, I guess, to the situation where, like, you know, my friend she was literally raped, and they were just like, "Yeah, leave us alone." They're like, Let's "Stop get making get out like, of here. It. Stop talking about yeah. it." Yeah, yeah. And so
0: they don't want to be like criminally liable, mm-hmm. and like they're yeah, just, like, they get afraid of you, and so they start icing you out because they realize that you have like the fucking power to ruin their business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. And so like
1: I feel like a huge part of like getting over that even, uh, was like self-talk. I had another time where a man, you know, usually before I dance for somebody, I say, Hey, is there anything that makes you uncomfortable during a dance? Do so you not like objects in your face or, you know, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if somebody tells me, you know, no or whatever goes on, I'm just like, okay, cool. Nothing really makes me uncomfortable either. I don't mind if you touch me. You know, we can do some soft caressing, but do not finger me. Do not ever shove your fingers in my shit. Don't do that. Because okay. I have had way too many people just do that. Just They just do it. And I'm just like, uh, what the hell is this? You know? Yeah. So I always tell people, you know, don't do that. I had an issue with another client that would do it even after I told him, hey, don't do that. I don't like that. I had to physically push this man's arm to make his fingers like come out of me. And I yeah. just was totally. like, we're done. We're done. And I mm-hmm. took my money and I left, you know? And so- sure. It was just, it's, it's times like those where I just kind of cope with it by just telling myself, you know your boundaries, you know, but also you know where you are. It isn't your fault. It's not anything that you did. Um, and it's also very difficult to prevent. Just know that it does unfortunately sometimes come with the territory. Um, and if anybody gets upset with you about complaining about it, whether that be management or staff, they're the ones in the wrong in the minute that you have the opportunity to leave, take it. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what I did. And now I feel like I'm actually in the right place at the right time. You know?
0: Yeah. I feel like self-talk is very important. It's really important. It's also like if you have the privilege to be able to like switch clubs, like it can be good to, to move clubs where, I mean, especially if you don't feel safe somewhere, you know, like,
1: that's why I feel like also it's very good to make friends You know, obviously Mm -hmm. not everybody can just easily make friends, but if you do have the gift of gab, you know, talk to people, network, always, Mm -hmm. always network, especially in this, in this industry. Oh, you have so many people that can get you so many places by your mouth. Literally that's it. Like, and I, that's how I had, you know, the limit, I had to wait a month and a half, but he still came through for me. He still came through while I was stuck at this other club because this was a man, he just came in, he fixed the CO2 tanks. And I, that's why when you were saying it was your birthday and you're a Sagittarius and stuff, I was like, oh, that's my favorite. Cause that's how I met him. That's how we Ooh. became friends. He came in, he doesn't do anything, but fix the little squirt guns behind the bar. And he leaves, he doesn't even work at the club. You know, Ooh. it's just, he told um, somebody, I think he was talking to the bartender. He was like, yeah, and uh, I'm a Sagittarius. So, and I was just like, you're a Sagittarius. I love Sagittarius's, that's like my favorite sign. It genuinely is, I love Sagittarius's to death. But like, and then, you know, we started chit chatting all the time. Like he came in one day and told me, you know, you're so put together, you look like you have like an actual aesthetic and stuff like that. He was just, you know, being nice. And it's not even like he worked there, but turns out he got a job at the other club I worked at and he wasn't fixing his work on, so now he's a bar back. Didn't Mm -hmm. know that was going to happen, but he was like, I'm gonna get you out of here. You've complained about this place to me, way too many times now and he's just like hold on i promise i will not forget you i'm getting you out of here and i really thought he forgot about me there for a minute but a month and a half later he was like okay your time is now and i Mm -hmm. did not skip a beat please Mm -hmm. make friends please make sure you have somebody on your side whether that's even even if you don't make friends in the club if you have like a family member who's an attorney works in some kind of legal system works somewhere that can get you out of whatever the hell please 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 see if they're on your side because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that i feel like i wouldn't have even been told there's a lot of things that i wouldn't have been given the opportunity to do if i had not opened my mouth and one of my yeah. house moms told me "Close mouths do not get fed so that's true and i've heard that since i was a kid so mm, she was to something. For that there.
0: house mom yeah she's
1: been my favorite one of my favorites Hmm. yeah so the new club you're working at you love it it's great um what is it a full nude bar is it a or it oh you said said it's a bar back so there's a bar back so it's a fully nude it's a fully nude club Mm mm-hmm
0: What does this Mm. seem like where you are in Atlanta? Like, are all the clubs, like, as just, like, stage-heavy dancing kind of situations? Or is it, like, you know, is this club, like, dance, like, lap dance leaning? or? It's
1: a bit of both. I feel like during day shift... It depends on what shift. So during day shift, it's more like lap dance based. I feel like people come in during day shift. They're more chill, business oriented, whatever word you want to use. Just just a calm environment. Mostly, you know, they're playing cool ass music and everybody's just vibing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at night, that's when they look for the pole killers. Either that or you got to be thick as all hell. You mm-hmm. got to be thick as a fucking Snicker. molasses Snicker. girl. For real. Yeah, like
0: mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: like if you can't clap your ass by just walking they don't want anything to do with you and if you cannot work that pole you're not making a dime
0: oh it's i don't know like i'm intimidated by the atlanta scene i'm not gonna lie i'm way too small my ass does not clap there's not enough jiggle to my life (laughs) well are you a pole killer i'm a pole yeah. killer though i'm a pole killer yeah. okay
1: so you'll be fine you will make plenty of money and you're cute and from what i can tell n- in no offensive way i am i do not believe this myself but you're light skin
0: i'm light skin i know I get <laughs> they will they're going
1: to eat you up they're going to eat you up honey yeah,
0: yeah. i'm gonna do it one day i've just been scared you know sometimes fear
1: here. well definitely one? come on down yeah.
0: i gotta do a strip tour before the whole country turns us into employees like yeah i mean, I'm not entirely against it but also like damn that shit is sucked in california so
1: yeah well if you need any kind of recommendations out here i got some clubs that i think you would make a killing at and i got some clubs that i don't even think you should bat an eyelash in that direction so
0: definitely cool. let me know if
1: you're coming through
0: i'm sure i will i will definitely hit you up for that
1: (laughs) great definitely do
0: have you traveled me yeah i have not
1: oh i've never even been on a plane before that's why like this dude uh that's gonna take me out to boston yeah i was born and raised here in georgia i haven't been anywhere i've only ever been to florida north carolina south carolina and tennessee and that's just because of my family is in that little circle uh never even been far out in those things but like or in those states but I've never even been on a plane before. And this man wants to take me to Boston for his private parties. He said he was going to set me up at the Hilton, take me shopping. I'm like, oh my God, this is like my oh, first yeah. time going to Boston, first time on a plane, first time mm-hmm. private event out of the state. Like, ah, I am not, do not gas me. Oh my God. I am, I'm just so excited. Like <laughs> I, do that. I've, I've wanted to. I I was planning actually to go to Alabama soon. It's only like two hours away from, you know, me, but a drive to Alabama would be very quick, but I I had some girls at the other club that were like, don't go to Alabama, please don't mm-hmm. do that to yourself. And I was like, why? They were just like, it's really hood. And I was like, okay, I can be a hood. And they were yeah. like, sis, no,
0: you can't. And I was like,
1: okay, whatever.
0: I'm just asking for myself. Alabama
1: has a pretty decent amount of money. I think that if you were to go out there doing what you, possibly could do like you know your talent level especially like on pole and stuff i don't know how your lap dances are they're probably great too but like i think that you can make some money in alabama mostly doing like pole work there's people mm. in alabama that don't know how to do pole work and they still get money thrown at them i'm talking about like little stick thin white girls that just you know oh, wiggle well, their yeah. hips around and they're just like money 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 and it's like okay I know. so i think I know. you could That's actually so kill
0: confusing it to me yeah <laughs> like i don't mean to hit on yeah. anybody's body type but
1: but uh yeah but
0: i'm yeah. always like, i mean me confused.
1: either but when people can't dance that irritates yeah. the shit out of me like yeah i see like you know these black girls and like mm-hmm. they are shaking their ass on the beat they you know the, the, when i went to the club last night like dropping to the floor on the beat then you know you got the beat coming up and you shake your ass up to the beat
0: and yeah. then, you know yeah. like, you know like just like the fluidity the the yeah. lyricism. Ooh, the... did you get to see Alexa? Mm. She's like a strong, younger black uh, dancer. Big titties? No, not big titties. Okay, no, Oh, maybe they're thinking. Okay, different person. Um, Latina then. Okay. Big titty Latina. She has or... braids. Different person.
1: Okay anyway, anyway Yeah, yeah yeah but
0: but the the like athleticism, athleticism mixed with the, the the sensuality the body yes. the hair. and then i just
1: see like nothing white girls that just they just ah bob. it's bob they can't yeah. walk in heels for shit like they're Damn. you know they just hold the pole
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> for support you
1: know it's just yeah exactly for support you know um yeah it's just I get upset I get upset because I'm like I definitely do too like I can understand you know they're pretty or whatever so that's why they got hired but I do feel like it does take a level of talent you know yeah in this industry for sure like whether you're talented on the pole or whether you're talented with floor work that's fine but if you just kind of don't do either of those things oh Cause like, I'm,
0: huh? It's like, you're not a dancer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're just a beautiful woman who is sitting in my spot.
0: (laughs) Like maybe be an
1: escort or like be a
0: camera or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, And I just, cause like, I'm not a pole killer. I am by no means, by no means, like I can do things on the pole, you know, but I just learned how to invert. But. I'm very, very good at lap dances, and I do a lot of floor work. I mean, when I tell you I get down on my fucking hands and knees, I do everything for those dollars, girl. And, like, oh, I, I'm i trying to get back into my pole classes. I do better in a class setting, and also I couldn't put a pole that I had. Um, I can't put it up in the apartment that I moved to. I moved back in May. But, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I need to get a new pole. Very expensive. Oh, my God. Because um, yeah. I have a slanted ceiling. And Ooh. so... Oh Sorry. no. So yeah. So I got to get a pretty expensive pole and then, you know, I had to stop taking my classes cause I couldn't afford them anymore either with, uh, you know, me moving out and now I had to pay rent yeah, and stuff, it's expensive. but I am, I have an area that I specialize in. Some people, they cut. Co- also I'm very chatty. If you couldn't tell, I can mm-hmm. very long winded and we'll talk about one thing for a very long time. <laughs> so a lot of, clients you know they like my personality and then when i take them for a lap dance they're like oh my god i'm about to nut right now but on the pole Mm -hmm. i can tell you right now that is not where i make my money that's not where i make the most of my money it is absolutely not
0: no yeah if you can't
1: do either of those things Mm -hmm. and you're mean or you don't have a good you know you're not you know you're not very sociable but you got nice eyeliner
0: what are we doing (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> we are coming upon our time. Where can we find you on the internet, in the world, anything you want to plug? Oh, share. yes. You can find me on Fansly at Lunatics. It's spelled
1: L-U-N-N-A-T-I-C-X-X. And my website is Lunatics Only. Lunatics, spelled the same way, Only. Yes, com and what else do I want to plug oh my gosh oh, my Instagram <laughs> my Instagram is Lunar Larva and my Twitter is also Lunatic spelled the same way L-U-N-N-A-T-I-C-X-X beautiful um, you can find me um, um, hanging out behind the bonds. yes <laughs> you can find me at the Boba Tea shop you can know, find me um yeah uh, you can find me in the sewers in the sewers definitely mm, in the yes. sewers with the, with the, the rats mm. yeah yeah with, <laughs> them too yeah. they be there yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah
0: I mean, I guess you can, you
1: can, you can
0: technically find me on the internet, but don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Good luck with that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am Selena the stripper. You can find me on Instagram at Pretty Boy Girl. You can find me on Patreon at the Real Pretty Boy Girl, where I very much try to post every week around the same time, give or take a day or two. Uh, I'm there posting long stories. I posted a like. Five and a half page story yesterday Ooh. all about dancing and a little bit about my stripper crush, Wink Wink. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so there's that. Um, if you're a stripper and uh, like Luna, you are in a hostile work environment and you need help, you can shout out um, my org, Strippers United, at soldiers underscore of underscore pull underscore. We have resources from We have a legal team that includes real lawyers, but also legal students who are down to help you. Um, We have all kinds of connections to different labor relations across America, not just in California. Um, We have all kinds of great resources. Also a ton of uh, a major stripper network in case you need like somebody at a club uh, to give you a shout out to help you get into a safe club. We got that there too. Um, so, please make use of these resources. We want to be there for you so badly. Um, and uh, yeah, what else? Is there anything have else? Have a good winter
1: solstice.
0: Oh, have a great solstice, guys. Yeah. Um, yes. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Yule and Hanukkah and happy, happy Kwanzaa. Yeah, happy
1: Kwanzaa. Yes. Um, um, all my descendants of chattel slavery. Shout out to the Shout chattel up. slaves yes. um, Yeah. And uh,
0: yeah, that's it. That's it. That's, that's it, guys. Um, oh, and the lyric that I forgot earlier is this bitch got me paying the rent, paying for trips, diamonds on her neck, diamonds on her wrist, and here I am all alone. And that was uh, what I meant to say. But you know what? I messed it up. It's okay. I'm sure that there are people who have just been like hella upset. Like all of the, their OCD is just screaming at me right now. I hope that I was able to scratch it just now. Yeah, okay. All right, and have a great week. Okay, bye guys.